what we're nerding out about this week. Hi nerds, welcome back to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. It hasn't been an insane amount of time, but it feels like it has been because last time we recorded it was very cold and snowy and winter felt like it was going on forever. And today in Colorado, it is 70 degrees and I went outside. Oh, that's amazing because it's not quite that warm here. It's still pretty wintry, but tomorrow we officially spring forward, which I feel like for me is the marker that we're not in winter anymore. She's Natalie's favorite holiday is daylight daylight savings savings. (laughs) is my favorite time of year. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for we should just be on that time all the time because otherwise it gets dark at like 4.30 p.m. And that sucks. That does suck. It really does. But we are not here to talk about the spring no. equinox. <laughs> We're not here to, I mean, maybe we sh- should at some point. I know. <laughs> Which the spring, I know the spring equinox isn't when we jump forward. That's like March 20 something. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Isn't it the 21st? Like all the equinoxes are on the 21st. That sounds right. Because I think it's December 21st. March 21st, maybe. June Something 21st. Like and... September 21st? Maybe? maybe that's the autumnal equinox. The autumnal equinox. <laughs> the day after my birthday. But we seriously anyway. are not here to talk about the seasons <laughs> for this episode. On this episode of Nerd Ascended Podcast, we nerd out about seasons Meteorology. And <laughs> Meteorology. Weather. <laughs> Equinoxes. I mean, it sounds nerdy, right? I mean, it could be. It's a type of nerddom. Sure. It could be a little uh, supernaturally. Oh, but, um, that was, that was, that a, was great, a smooth, a smooth lead in. It was a great transition and I ruined it by pointing it out, but I don't care. <laughs> so for this episode, we wanted to start, we wanted to try starting a new type of episode where we watch a show or play a game or read a book or something along that line that neither of us has any experience with before and then talking about it and reviewing it and just fully immersing in that thing and to start with we chose the show supernatural which yes it's because believe it or not it's been on for uh 15 years at this point and neither of us have actually watched supernatural um, I think we're both pretty aware of what the gist of Supernatural is and um, what's going on with it. But it, we wanted to pick something that, you know, if we really liked the first season, we could continue with. And we talked about doing Doctor Who because, believe it or not, neither of us have watched that either. But that felt a little bit like uh, like a thing. <laughs> it did. <laughs> and we might do that at some point, too, but... That's just kind of a, that's like a whole world to get into. And not that Supernatural isn't with 15 seasons, but uh, Supernatural is something I know that a lot of people really, really love and have adored this show. I mean, obviously it has 15 seasons. People have really loved it. But it seemed like something that was probably fairly approachable for us to get into. Mm-hmm. And if we do, in fact, all end up stuck in our home for the next two months because of coronavirus, uh, <laughs> there might be a lot of these episodes. Yeah, we so. talked about that for like 20 minutes before we started recording. Yes. 
Also, so I should have a preface. If I cough, <laughs> I don't have it. I went for a bike ride and it's dry as hell outside. So it's just a biker slash runner's cough. Yes. No coronavirus. And I am fine. <laughs> thankfully. But if we do end up homebound for a while, we have plenty of Supernatural that we could watch. But we wanted to try to do just one or two episodes of the show per episode of the podcast. I think if we did one episode per podcast, that would be a lot. I mean, we would have, we would never get to the end of this show if we wanted to do it. So depending, we might get to a point where we do like three episodes, a podcast or something. But once we get through season one, if we are really into it, we might keep doing season two for the podcast. We'll see. But um, it is, it's been kind of fun already because it's something that, we didn't necessarily look up a lot of information about before we started. I just have kind of my base knowledge about what it's about. And so we really are kind of going into this basically blind, like with with a fresh perspective. We really don't know anything about Supernatural. So yeah, there's a few things that I know about it. I know <clears throat> maybe some plot points that will happen way down the line just from, I don't know, existing as a human. <laughs> yeah around a very popular show uh but the two main things i knew about the show before we started watching it was jeffrey dean morgan was their father oh i didn't know that i knew that (laughs) back when i did watch walking dead when he first showed up on that show um i had two friends i'd watch it with and the first time he showed up they started calling him papa winchester (laughs) i was like what why what (laughs) and then they told me he's He's the dad on Supernatural, and their last name is Winchester. So I knew that. And I also knew at some point, Wayward... Is that the name of the song? Wayward Sons? Wayward Carry Son? on, My Wayward Son. Or... By Kansas. Mm-hmm. Becomes the theme song, and they're from Kansas. And that's about yes. it. Yeah, and I knew they had this cool car, and I knew they were brothers fighting Supernatural stuff. Yes. Basically, I, monster hunters. I know... Misha Collins shows up at some point as well. Yeah. But other than that, it's, I'm kind of like, I don't know anything about it. So if we really like it, it could be a whole new fandom for us to get into. Yeah. Uh, Now that it is wrapping up. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, The show premiered on September 13th, 2005, which watching these episodes was a trip through time. Yes. It's currently on its 15th season. I thought it was done at 14. I was wrong. I looked it up earlier today. The 15th season is on right now. Mm-hmm. And so they'll probably be done in May, June. And then that's the end. Yeah, I actually looked that up too. And the series finale is May 18th. Yeah. So I, there's no way like I'm actually going to get through this entire show by May 18th. But I no. will try to avoid spoilers of what happens in the series finale um because for anyone who has watched all of supernatural only having watched the two episodes right now and not knowing what happens for 15 seasons i'm like oh is the series finale where they finally find their dad (laughs) or are they gonna find him before that great would that be (laughs) yeah dad it's been 15 years and you were just in a margaritaville this whole time (laughs) just hanging out with jimmy buffett (laughs) dang it um i'm assuming he actually shows up before then but i don't know this is all new tests yeah it's on the cw which we were talking earlier 
all CW shows have this same vibe that we can't exactly pinpoint, but you could watch a snippet of any of those shows and immediately be able to say, this is CW. And it doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. time period. Like, you could watch this, you could watch Riverdale, you could watch any other show that's on the CW at any time and be like, I know exactly what network this is on. Yeah, it's because, like, it's always 2002 at the CW or something. It like, is. I don't know what it is about that, but watching this that was made in, well, it would have probably even been filmed in, like, 2004 if it premiered in 2005, but, um, or early 2005, even watching this, I was like, this makes me realize how not that far away 2005 was from the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, it was closer to the 90s, way closer to the 90s than it is to now. <laughs> now. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to say. So, uh, for this podcast episode, we watched the first two episodes of season one of Supernatural, which if you have not watched Supernatural and you feel like starting it as well, I don't know how far it goes up. I'm assuming not the current season, but I think the majority of the show is on Netflix which is where we are watching mm-hmm. it. I don't know if all the way through season 14 is on there. I actually haven't looked. There but is. I looked. Okay. So everything but the current season is on Netflix if you want to jump into it too. Yeah. When I started watching this episode, it gave me the Smallville feels, which was on CW at the same time, which I didn't watch Smallville right when it was on, but I started watching it when I started college, so that was 2009. 2010 was when I watched most of Smallville. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's just that CW feel again. Yeah, and I haven't actually really watched uh, Smallville, but I definitely will take your word for that. Oh, man, (laughs) Smallville was great. I might have to watch that It got kind of weird at the end after he moved to Metropolis, but... But, you know. Yeah. A show can only... I can, a show can only go for so long before it's going to get a little weird anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, episode one, the very first episode of Supernatural ever, was their pilot episode. So, this essentially was what they filmed and put together to officially get the show picked up, basically. This yeah. is, <clears throat> you film a pilot when... Typically, you've got some sort of interest going on based on the script and cast and all that, but the pilot you film and then that kind of proves like, yes, we're going to order a whole season or that kind of thing. So this, I think pilots are always kind of interesting to watch too um, when you're coming to a show for the first time because you can just see how much they're trying to put like in a, a complete story in just the hour or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, which is really true with with this because you have to get people on board with the characters and invested in them in a very short time frame. And you can build loyalty through future episodes, but I think pilots must be pretty hard because you have to get that initial buy-in. Yeah. So this episode is called Jericho or pilot um, in some places. And it introduces us to the um, two central characters who are brothers named Sam and Dean Winchester, which, I mean, 
Winchester. I, what else are they going to be in their life with yeah. a name like that, honestly? Except something like Monster Hunters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, because it sounds like the Winchester Mystery House. And I, I mean, I know Winchester is a gun and all that, too. But like it just. Yeah, but I like just, the Mystery House better. Yeah. It, well, the Winchester Mystery House, I'm pretty sure that it is part of the gun. Oh, it is that family, family isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Because there was a movie called Winchester. Like, Oh, yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, and the show opens with a scene from the past when Dean is, uh, well, he's a little bit older. He's a Maybe older like four or toddler. Five. Yeah, something like that. And um, then Sam is a baby, like brand new baby. I think they just got home from the hospital kind of situation. And we're introduced to their parents who are named Mary, I think, and... And Papa Winchester. And Dad. Because that's... Uh, <laughs> and Dad. I think his name's John. That's one of those details that, like, I literally just watched this, but I can't remember. Um, they, just, like, they call him Dad through the whole two episodes, so, like, I don't know what his name is. Um, I think it's John, actually. John and Mary. Wow, what and names? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... When the show opens, they are in Lawrence, Kansas, their hometown, and we have a, you know, a pretty nice little family here. It seems like they're, everybody's happy that we have a new baby in the house, and um, they basically just seem like the all-American family, you know, a mom, a dad, two kids kind of situation. Which always means tragedy is about to hit. Yes. And, and it does. Uh, they take... A page from Disney's favorite book of how do you make a character interesting right away? You kill their mother. Yes. <laughs> they, they jump right into that. Um, I do have to say that their dad is portrayed by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who I obviously know who Jeffrey Dean Morgan is outside of Walking Dead, but um, and I don't even watch Walking Dead anymore. But as soon as he came in, I was like, oh, hello, Negan. There you are. Look at you. Uh, that was definitely my first reaction. What if the show ends with the zombie apocalypse starting? That would be and he becomes Negan. <laughs> I mean, that would probably actually make me watch Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it could. I don't know. Um, this opening of the show is like less than ten minutes long, but it was actually quite dramatic. Um, we have our cute little family, they put the baby to bed, and then the baby, in the baby's room, I should say, not the, I don't think the baby was doing anything, uh, although I'm not entirely convinced of that yet at this point, but, um, little Sam is laying in his crib and there starts to be flickering of lights and then, uh, you can hear him crying on the baby monitor, but the baby monitor sounds a little weird. Which, baby monitors freak me out. It's another reason I don't want to have kids. Because you don't want the baby Because I don't like baby monitors. Nothing good ever happens with those. <laughs> no, and I mean, now, you know, they connect to the cloud and everything, and they're very easily hacked into, and like, yeah. Yes. It's, they're even more <laughs> scary now. And so, Mary gets up to go see what's uh, going on with her baby. And her husband is not in bed with her, and she goes into the bedroom, and it appears that her husband is standing over the crib, and she says his name, and he says, 
he tells her to shh i think <laughs> and honestly him standing there with her his back to her all creepy like she took that really chill like i would have been yeah, like i still would have like turned on the light <laughs> like, yeah she didn't turn on the light why are you just she standing just over him like a creep <laughs> yeah like what are you doing and the baby's crying still like do something about it <laughs> but she's you know? just like oh what a lovely moment <laughs> I know. We'll we'll give her a pass for like sleep deprivation and all of that. But all right, Mary. All right, Mary. And then she turns around and notices a light flickering and goes starts to go downstairs and lo and behold, her husband's actually down there asleep in front of the TV. So that's a a big oh no. Which at this moment, my note is in all caps and it says, "Girl, yell and wake up your husband while you're going back up there." Yes. Call she just kind of like sneakily runs back up the stairs instead of like, holy shit, there's something in here. <laughs> yeah, there's something in here with my baby. And then she gets back in the room, but you don't see what she sees and she screams, which does in fact wake up Papa Winchester then. <laughs> and he comes upstairs and no one's there. Sam and is he just- again has a moment where he's like, oh... A little baby. Even though your <laughs> wife just screamed. <laughs> He's like, oh, about little it. baby. Like, you literally just heard your wife scream. Maybe you should be concerned about that. And as he's having this moment with the baby, uh, blood drips onto baby. Yes, which is a great parallel for the end of the episode. Yes. Um, and he looks up and there is a something that was really reminiscent of Nightmare on Elm Street to me. Actually, because he looks up and there's a lady on the ceiling. There's his wife. Um, and she is very specifically cut across the stomach. But, <laughs> but like, stuck on the roof. And then she catches on fire. As one does on the roof. I mean, at that point, what, it, what else are you going to do? You're already on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And so she... <laughs> you're bleeding. You're on the ceiling. What's next? Fire. Bam. <laughs> So Papa Winchester grabs his kids, runs out of the house, and it is like an inferno that like destroys yep. <laughs> the house. And um, he's got both of his boys outside. There's police, firefighters, and I. It doesn't show this, but I was like, how do you ex- like? I mean, how do you even approach this? Because this is suspicious as hell. First of all, yes. on you. Because your wife's body is going to be in the house, cut open, and now the house is burned down. Like, how how did he... Maybe it'll address what happened in the, like, days after that when we get later in the show. But I'm like, how did you not get arrested and tried for murder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because that's something no one, that'll come up. Yeah, because no one's going to believe you that your wife was on the ceiling and caught on fire. Like, No. So, maybe they will address that. So then, we jump to present day, which is actually not present day for us. It's uh, over a decade ago. (laughs) But Half my life ago. (laughs) Yes. Present day for our friend Sam, who is getting ready to go to a... Uh, an outing, and I believe it must be around Halloween because she's dressed in a nurse outfit. Yes, and he and says he, he does not, not like Halloween. No, he does not like Halloween. Um, can't imagine why, but <laughs> he, he doesn't. 
And he has just passed his LSATs with a very high score, which is means he's he's got the big brain. Um, it's pretty apparent later in this episode that there's the brainy brother and the brawny brother. Yes. Very much so. Although uh, both of them could hold their own, but there is a, a brainy one and then the big strong one. And... Which is unfortunate for us if siblings are supposed to be in a pair like that because you're the brainy one and I'm not brawny. So <laughs> I would very much say you're the brainy one. So. <laughs> well, neither of us have the brawny part, I guess. Oh, well, I, I just didn't get either. I just didn't get nothing. Oh, well, so. I guess we can't be monster hunting sisters because you know, we don't have the right equation. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe we should be, though, because we'd be unexpected. I don't know. That is true. So they go out for drinks um, after, well, he just took his LSATs and he's at Stanford. So, yes, he's super, super brainy. Um, And it's apparent that Dean is not around and he doesn't seem to be really in active contact with Dean. And then he goes back to his house with his girlfriend. Very nice. And then I was a little <laughs> bit confused nice. for like the next five minutes because I was like, okay, well, I know this is that actor that plays Dean and he's in the house and why are they fighting? Why are they fighting? I was like super confused, <laughs> but they get into a fight and then I was like, oh, it's because Dean is like just in his house when he's not supposed to be in his house. So yes, <laughs> and he's snuck in, like, in the dark. <laughs> yes, and he's snuck in in the dark. As you do, you know, that like... When you're the brawny one, that's the only way you can enter a house is in the yes. dark. In the dark, <laughs> uninvited. And not calling ahead. <laughs> you are the opposite of a vampire. You cannot be invited to go into <laughs> yeah. the house. Um, and then in the ruckus, Sam's girlfriend comes out in her pajamas because it's the middle of the night. And this was our first indication that Dean is kind of a creep. Yes. I wrote a little note. Don't creep on your brother's girlfriend. Yes, weirdo, please. Thank you. And and the not even just his girlfriend, the lady whose house or apartment this is that you're in uninvited. And he wants to talk to Sam and asks the girlfriend to leave. And Sam is like, no, she can stay. And then he says that their dad has been missing for a few days. And then says he's been on a hunting trip for and has been missing for a few days. And then Sam is like, Jessica, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> he's like, this is the that moment. That was a great when, rendition. <laughs> this is when the, the dark secrets come tumbling out of my closet and you need to leave. <laughs> so they have, the two brothers have a conversation that gives you a little bit of background about the fact that they really haven't been in contact and it's been because um the two of them after their mother died their dad made it his life mission to figure out whatever paranormal thing had murdered her and they became basically monster hunters and he trained his sons or as sam said i wrote this in caps lock because it was just such a weird (laughs) it was just a weird way to say to say this he was like we were raised like warriors and (laughs) It's like, that was a strange phrase, but okay. Um, Sam Dean could have been a great drama kid if yes. he had taken that path instead. Yes. But Sam, somewhere along the line, decided this monster hunting business was not his jam and he wanted a normal life. 
and as Dean put it, asked him if he wanted to just live an apple pie life. And I was like, do I live an apple pie life? I mean, that doesn't really sound bad. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds no. good. And it sounds like their dad was upset that he wanted to do that because he says something along the lines of that dad told him if he was going to to leave to stay gone, which is a little a little dramatic for the situation. But yeah. His dad also probably could have been a successful theater kid. Yes. <laughs> well, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan was probably a successful theater kid. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Papa Winchester probably could have been too. And Dean wants Sam to join him in helping find their dad because he feels like he can't do it alone. And that this is the kind of thing when, when it brings the family back together when someone is in trouble. And during this entire conversation, I became convinced that Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures bases his entire persona on Dean Winchester. That is a great observation, and I am 100% (laughs) here for it. Because what kind of set that off in my brain is Dean shows Sam this voicemail that he has from his dad and in the background you can hear a lady very creepily saying i can never go home like an evp and they're they're talking about evps and i was like oh creepy evps somewhere zach Beggins is real excited and then i was like oh my god he really is like he's like dean winchester but like uh, there's like a little bit of guido and then like he just like cranked it up to 15 but i i just really am convinced that he bases his persona on dean winchester He's like someone so, who's very into their Dean Winchester cosplay. Yes. But his like own Jersey interpretation of it or something. Dean Winchester, but make it Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> a little less Kansas, a little more Jersey. <laughs> um, so I'll see if my hypothesis about that remains as we keep watching this show. But so... Sam kind of reluctantly agrees to help him look into this. And then we are taken to a, a a nice young man, who's actually not really a nice young man at all, driving a car down the road, telling his girlfriend he can't come home because he has to work in the morning. But lo and behold, when there's a creepy yet attractive woman on the side of the road, working in the morning suddenly doesn't matter anymore. Yes, even though... If you're dumb enough that you stop for a woman who flickers into appearance <laughs> and your radio's freaking out, I can't help you. No. Like, you are and, beyond any And her skin sense. is, like, clearly gray. She's, at the very least, on drugs, if not actually a ghost. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's completely weird. It's the type of person you call 911 for, you don't pick them up. <laughs> no. And I had I had two comments written here. I said this is about to be from dusk till dawn because I kind of thought she was gonna be like, you know, those attractive like vampires, and then they became all gross. And well, then she, when she, she did become a little gross later, yes. And then when she was like, "Oh, will you come home with me?" and he was like, uh, "Hell yeah!" I wrote, "This guy sucks. I hope she eats him." And then <laughs> lucky for me, she did. <laughs> She did indeed. Uh, yes, he drives her home, which 
really looked like the house from Resident Evil 7 to me. It did to me, too. It looked exactly like it. Yeah, I was like, oh, boy, don't go in there. There's going to be some hillbillies. I honestly, I did not play Resident Evil 7, obviously, because I I mentioned many times I can't bring myself to do that stuff. Um, But I watched several playthroughs of it, and I think it's a great game. Yeah, I I watched Let's Plays, but I can't play it myself. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the story and everything, but I legitimately have had nightmares about that game, and it's specifically the part where um, your character, you're trying to get into the garage, and you have to go in that specific pattern to avoid the family and get through that garage door, and the dad is like (laughs) right on the other side of the door. I've had nightmares about that. So like that, that even, is awful in a good ugh. way because yes, the tension and this went off the rails a little bit, but <laughs> it's a great video game scene because I felt panicky, not even being the one playing it. Yes. Yeah. So they did an awesome job with that game. And of course it, this house in this show brought me right back to that. And then the, the ghost lady pulls some ghost lady stuff, disappears out of the car, uh, I guess maybe encourages a bat to fly out of the house. That bat scared the shit out of me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, dang, when did I become this much of a wuss? Like, I've always been a wuss. But when did the expected bat, like, you knew something was going to pop out and it was not going to be the scary ghost lady. It was going to be something mundane. Yeah. It scared me. And I watched it on, like, a morning at, like, 8.30 a.m. Yeah. Well, and it it also scared our uh, our douchey friend in the car here, and he ran away. And as you could probably guess, as he drove away, nice lady was in the back of his car, and she did eat him. I have a note here that says, "Oh, good, she did eat him. Yay!" Who's <laughs> <laughs> was happy for that? So, thus ends our short time with this nice young man. So, while this is all happening. <laughs> Uh, Our friends Dean and Sam are getting on the road with their investigation to find where their dad is. And Dean has cassette tapes. Yes, and there are cassette tapes. And Sam has stupid opinions about Motorhead and Metallica, (laughs) 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 which we don't need to repeat. There's nothing wrong with Motorhead and Metallica, or as he called it, mullet rock. Thank you. Um, and Dean also doesn't see anything wrong with Motorhead and Metallica or owning a bunch of cassette tapes in 2005. So he takes his cool car and his brother and off they go to, uh, our crime scene from earlier where our friend just got eaten. But I never, it never really explains this to me because when she eats him, blood goes everywhere and then there's not blood there anymore. So is that because she's supernaturally? And she took that all with him? Maybe she just... Because they don't... He's missing. Because they didn't find his dead body. But like all the blood is gone as well. She does seem... I mean, as the episode goes on, she does seem like really aware about what she's doing because them going to this uh, crime scene based on what Dean knew, what his dad was looking into, this this bridge in this area has been the site of several disappearances of always a guy over a very long period of time. So 
I have to wonder if maybe just like it's like a detail where she just you know cleans up after herself basically because she doesn't want to give it away <laughs> that there was something yeah. else that they are in fact dead one thing i noticed that about this episode is they never like give any closure to the people in that town no they're like eh. well i guess they they were arrested they were wanted by the police so they had to peace out but like no one will know what happened to that kid <laughs> no but, mm. but oh and i guess whatever. the 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 lady's husband he didn't really get closure either but while on this bridge sam and dean pose as federal marshals and just can you just casually walk up to sheriffs at a crime scene and they just give you information uh, no <laughs> <laughs> um i think <laughs> i think part of this is obviously like dean is supposed to be very much a smooth talker and like you know it, very yeah. much a social engineer and he obviously had a federal marshal badge but yeah the, he was prepared yes he life. was prepared <laughs> And they did get some information about what was going on, but the, uh, and I wrote on here, I didn't even prove it till later, but I wrote on here, yes, the connection between all these disappearances is that they are all shitty dudes, which actually later was, in fact, the connection between all of the guys that had disappeared. Um, I did appreciate Dean's little uh, saying hello to Agent uh, Muller and Scully. Yes, that was a nice little, little quip. Yes. That I understood the reference. Yeah. <laughs> so they get some information about this current crime scene and they decide to wait by, um, or no, they go to the library first, I think. And yes. they get information about her. And then they meet the very convenient town goth girl. Yes. Who tells you, jumps right to, ghost girl killed them. Yes, I mean, it's always good to have the town goth girl in your back pocket as a source because she has all this she information. Knows the truth. <laughs> and they, I actually, I mean, I, I watched this episode and I was paying attention, but for whatever reason, it just like didn't click in my brain as they were putting this all together that there was this lady, the, our, our ghost friend, um, that had died and they find out that it was a suicide, not a murder, and that her kids had drowned in the bathtub and then she killed herself because of that as they were talking about this the year and the timeline just did not stick in my brain so i really thought this was like some lady from like the 1800s oh with their like her old house and then when sam later in the episode finds her husband i was like what how old is this man and then he was <laughs> how old is then- this man and then he was like, you know, a normal like 50-year-old man. And I was like, oh, okay. She's not like from the Victorian era. I was, <laughs> I no. was quite confused. But I'm sure we will have some Victorian era ghosts at some point along this supernatural journey. Yes, I think so. So they get information about this lady who Goth Girl says is probably involved. Um, her name is Constance, which is quite Haunted Mansion of them considering the bride in there is named constance and they decide to go back to the bridge at night because that's what you do um they have another brotherly argument in which dean asks sam if he's just going to become some lawyer like it's just terrible right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's the worst and they see our friend constance on the bridge and she jumps off into the water 
But when they go to see what's up, his car turns on by itself. Suddenly, Seem- Carrie. <laughs> it was very... Or, or Christine. Christine, not Carrie. Yeah. Yes. The other C. <laughs> Carrie was the one with the blood and the... Yeah. Carrie, Christine, Cujo. Cujo. <laughs> something with a C. One of those. <laughs> and they take... I mean, obviously, they're aware of all this supernatural stuff. They know this woman has possessed the car because he's got the keys in his hand. They take so long to start running from that car they do like really long <laughs> like i'm sure at this point if you've been monster hunting your whole life this is not the craziest thing you've ever seen no it's probably <laughs> on the bottom of the list honestly <laughs> and so they start running and the car they're not gonna run a, outrun a car clearly so they jump over the side um dean goes all the way down into the water in the mud but everybody's fine. I did appreciate when they start, when they come back up and, you know, check over the car and everything and Dean's all covered in mud and whatever. And he just yells like <laughs> something about Constance and is like, what a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I have that as a note. <laughs> like super loud. <laughs> so after this little escapade, they go to check into a motel because you know, need a shower now for sure. And based on the credit card Dean is attempting to use, the proprietor of the inn <laughs> they are attempting to check in at um, mentions that the last guy with one of those rented out a room for 10 days. And so now they know clearly their dad was in this hotel. They break into the room and find all of his investigation stuff pinned all over the wall and dean makes the interesting choice to smell a half-eaten sandwich which he's then disgusted with and i mean (laughs) duh (laughs) i'm interested in why their dad checked out a room for 10 whole days well he must have not met the goth girl because they figured it out in like two hours and he had like a whole thing going on in that hotel room trying to figure it out Well, maybe, I mean, maybe it was that they are, like, younger and attractive, so Goth Girl was like, yes, I'll talk to you. And maybe Papa Winchester just didn't have that luxury. The swagger. (laughs) He didn't have the swagger that the Goth Girl was going to come talk to him, I guess. So they get some more information. They can tell that Dad figured out the thing about Constance, too. And there's a note that says, uh, woman in white. So... Dad has figured out that Constance is a white lady, uh, a white lady mythological creature, I should say, which is... I mean, she was also white. Oh, she was also actually literally a Caucasian lady, Um, but she had a white dress on. And this is the, the central myth of this episode. A white lady is a type of female ghost dressed in all white, reportedly seen in rural areas and associated with some local legend of tragedy. Um, th- this legend is found in countries all over the world, but it's actually most prominent in the parts of the United States, Ireland, and Great Britain. And a common theme of these legends is there's an unfaithful husband, um, or a loss of a child. It's kind of similar to, um, La Llorona in that, um, the loss of a child, either accidental or on purpose is part of the reason she can't move on. And is seeking vengeance. Um, Chelsea did some great 
research into this myth too because there are um some really interesting instances of white lady sightings in the United States. One in Fremont, California, there's a white lady called the White White Witch um ghost sightings in Niles Canyon. <clears throat> a woman named Lowry was one of the first people in the area killed in an automobile accident and people claim to have seen her in a cemetery in the area with strange lights. Local legend says you can see her walking the ridge between the Niles Hollywood style sign and the canyon. And you have the note in here that this is the one that GTA is based off of. Yes. Uh, in Grand Theft Auto V, at a very specific time of night, like only 11 to midnight, you can go up into the mountains, up on this hill, and you can find her. And Kevin Scary. and I did it once. And it took us like an hour because we kept missing the time window. Because it's hard to get up there. Yeah. And then you get up there. I think there's something written in blood on the ground. But there is a very scary looking lady wearing all white and she just stands there. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. A fun <laughs> a fun Easter egg for next time you're on GTA 5. Um, and like I said, another very similar folklore story is uh, the Mexican legend of La Llorona or the weeping woman or the crier. And she, the basic story with her was that she was a woman unloved by her husband. Her husband preferred her children, or two sons specifically, instead of her. And then she caught her husband cheating on her and in anger drowned her sons in the river and then drowned herself. And she was refused entry into heaven until she found the souls of her two sons. And she walks around crying and wailing and takes other children and drowns them in the river um because screw your kids if she can't find her kids um <laughs> and she can either be seen as a person or as a ghost there's been multiple movies made about her um one that came out very recently i'm sure it was a terrible movie because <laughs> usually those kind of are but um that specific legend is very close to what happens in actually this episode of supernatural and she's also been seen in a 1971 or i should say the white uh, woman in white specifically um has also been seen in a 1971 movie called let's scare jessica to death which sounds like something i want to watch um <laughs> it could be uh very similar to what the grudge is based off of because that's about revenge and a violent death and all of that too the curse of law Yorona, which is the one that came out a couple years ago and is more popular in foreign movies yeah i so got a lot of this information off of wikipedia so i apologize if it's not correct but it seemed to line up with what i knew mm-hmm. mostly about these myths and there were a lot of other uh movies and maybe tv shows listed that have la Lorna in it and sometimes the white lady mm-hmm. but she does seem to be much more popular outside of the u.s yes and just side note, I really love that Mexican folklore is it's like so much of it is about keeping your kids in line and threatening them with like these yeah. terrifying things that are going to come get you like La Llorona or El Cucuy or uh, a Chupacabra is going to come get you if you don't behave. Um, I just, I don't know, I appreciate it. It's like, it's not anything I grew up with in America, you know, with my parent being like, listen, if you don't get your shit together... La Llorona is going to come drown you in the river. <laughs> because that's just, I don't know. I love it. Side note, have you heard of Wrinkles the Clown? 
on the documentary about him. I've seen the commercial. Is he... He also... uh, A podcast I listened to was also talking about that documentary, and they made it sound like he's real. Like, there's really a dude in Florida that that parents will call to come scare their children. What on earth? I'm going to have to look into this now. (laughs) Yeah. Your face, Nellie's eyes just got super freaking wide. And that's how I felt listening to this podcast because I thought it was a mockumentary. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look that up. That might have to be a whole other episode. So, anyway. (laughs) Now that Dean and Sam have confirmed that Constance is a woman in white, they are uh, getting ready to set out on the next part of their investigation when Dean goes outside and lo and behold the 5-0 is there because you didn't look suspicious at all earlier and he manages to call Sam and give him a heads up to run away but Dean does get arrested and taken in Um, on these types of shows seriously the local police are always so incompetent and unhelpful with everything um Dean is also unhelpful to them by he repeatedly tells them his name is Ted Nugent and things of that. But then the, uh, I think he was the sheriff, but whoever was interrogating him was like, okay, look, I know your name's Dean. I know your dad was here or whoever this, I don't even know if he knows he was his dad, but your other partner was here and they think they're involved in these disappearances of these men. And he happens to have Papa Winchester's journal opens it and says he wants Dean to explain to him what Dean 35 negative 111 means. Um, Sam, in a great brotherly move, calls in a fake shooting on 911 <laughs> to distract them. <laughs> and thanks to a uh, paperclip in Papa's journal, Dean gets himself out of the handcuffs, takes journal, and bounces right out of there back to um, Sam. So Sam, while he's driving and talking on the phone to Dean and explaining that, yes, it was him that made that call, lo and behold, Constance is in the backseat of the car! Yay, Constance! (laughs) She really likes this car in particular for whatever reason. And wants Sam to take her home. He says, I don't think so. And so she possesses the car and makes him drive back to Resident Evil 7 house. Yeah, this was a point right before this I wondered... What if a man gives her a ride and is not, like, looking to be unfaithful at all? He's just like, yes. this woman's out here in the dark. I'm going to take her home. And if she comes on to him and he's like, no, thanks. I just want to take you home. Do do, do do they just drop her off Drop her off, and then they get to go home? But um, with Sam, she pretty much, like, forces him to be, quote, unquote, unfaithful. Yes. Because she, he says, you can't kill me. I'm not unfaithful. And she says, you will be. And proceeds to like forcefully, weirdly make out with him. And then um, starts to actually look quite creepy. And appears to be trying to rip his heart out of his chest or something. And then um, Dean is there. And he shoots through the window, which I really don't feel like is helpful for a ghost. But it at least distracts her for the time being <laughs> yeah. um and then they go into resident evil 7 house which just looks even more like the resident evil 7 house once you go inside it which is my favorite way that they got in there was i'm taking you home and then just drives right through the wall yes 
<laughs> they they very much entered the house. <laughs> he took her right home, as was asked. Um, she looks very sadly at a picture of herself and her kids, which still looks like it was from the 1800s to me. I don't really understand what's going on there. And then there is water pouring down the stairs, and we get a good shot of some dead kids at the top of the stairs. Everybody loves some scary ghost children. Yes. I'm sure there'll be many. Oh, I'm sure. In this show. <laughs> and then they come down and they're basically like, okay, mommy, we're going right down to hell where we're supposed to be. And creepy <laughs> things come out of the floor and pull them down. And that's all in a hard day's work. Good job, they Dean took and Sam. Her to the ghost bath- bathtub. Yes. <laughs> they, they have wrapped up that particular ghost. So Dean would like Sam to keep looking for their dad but sam has an interview for a law school in the morning so he needs to go home as you do dean takes him home sam does not see jessica at home he goes and lays down on his bed and then we are right back to a similar scene from the very beginning of the episode blood dripping on his forehead oh jessica's on the ceiling with a stomach slashed open and now she's on fire dean who must have some sort of brotherly fifth sense i don't know uh, comes flying back in and pulls Sam out of the inferno. So they have a very specific demon attacking their family. Like, very specific. It's not even just, oh, I'm going to kill people you love. It's like, it's going to be a woman. I'm going to cut her in the stomach. And then I'm going to put her on the ceiling. And then I'm going to set her on fire. Very yeah, specific. I didn't... I honestly did not realize until the beginning of the next episode that that was Jessica. I thought he was having some PTSD and it was his mom. Mm. Again? I mean, Fair they're both point. blonde white ladies. It, and she did kind of look like his mom. From that angle, it, they looked the same. <laughs> yes. And so now that that has happened, Sam decides, let me throw my gun here in your trunk. And by God, I am going to go with you, brother. And find dad and continue his work. And pilot. <laughs> And pilot. I think it's a great pilot. Yeah. I mean, other than the few things where I was like, wait, what's happening? Which I think were probably just me not paying enough attention. Like the, wait, I thought she was from the 1800s kind of thing. It was a pretty self-contained story for just the 40 minutes or whatever it was. Um, But it definitely made me interested in watching the second one. Even though Dean really is kind of a creep and a scuzzball. That was okay. Yeah. I'm going to wrap that up, hopefully, to the time in 2005, and I'm hoping he'll grow. They'll take his character out of it as the show goes on. Yes, because remembering that this show was started in 2005, both of them are very, like, representative of some stereotypes that were in a lot of TV shows and movies at the time. And... Yes. It's also, it could also feel like more stereotypical to me because other things since then have come out that have similar things that I've seen, but Supernatural was technically first. So, um, they probably were, I mean, those tropes existed before, but they weren't maybe necessarily as played out as they are 15 years later. So, yeah, that could be part of it too. Yeah, because I do like the character of Dean. Yes. And I just... I don't know. I have hopes that as the show goes on through years, he'll 
get better. Yes. And I mean, he doesn't seem like a creep in the way that like he's going to assault someone or something. He's just like. No, not like that. <laughs> no. He's just like a little, f- uh, a little fratty. Yeah. Bro. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He definitely No offense is. to people in fraternities, but he's got a little bit of that stereotype. Yes. Very much so. So that brings us to the end of episode one. And we went right into episode two, which was called a word that I always thought was pronounced as Wendigo, but uh, I may have been proven wrong because this entire episode they kept saying Wendigo. (laughs) Yeah, I've always said Wendigo. Yes. What do they call it in Until Dawn? I thought... Is it even named? I don't know. I think they said Wendigo. I'm going to have to look it up now. I think in Pet Cemetery they say Wendigo, but in in Kansas they apparently say Wendigo. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Wendigo. If that's incorrect, I apologize. Yes. <laughs> Forgive my whiteness if that is incorrect. <laughs> uh, so this episode... Got set up a little bit in the first one because the coordinates were in the journal. And they say they're going to Blackwater Ridge, Colorado, which my first thought was, oh, no, I live in Colorado (laughs) and I go camping a lot. And this is going to be in the woods. (laughs) This will be the worst. (laughs) And when you look up Blackwater Ridge, Colorado on Google Maps, it's not a real place. But the uh, Lost Creek Wilderness that it's in is a real place. And when you search Blackwater Ridge, it'll take you to there. So the show had enough influence that Google connected that search term with Lost Creek Wilderness. So where where in relation to uh, Estes Park is Lost Creek Wilderness? Um, well, it's actually not too far from me. And I'm going to make sure we don't camp there. <laughs> um, well, and the reason I ask is, of course, the Estes Park area is where The Shining is set. Yes. And this is not near Estes Park. Okay. So I was just wondering if it was the same, you know, little blip of land or not. No. So where I-70 is, you know, Estes is way north mm-hmm. of there. Lost Creek Wilderness is south of I-70. And if you get on 285 that goes past Morrison, which is where Red Rocks is, Mm -hmm. you just keep going past that on 285 and you get to Lost Creek Wilderness. Like, we could probably get there in an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see, actually. Let's see what it tells me. Choose starting point. (laughs) Oh, an hour and five minutes. (laughs) Well, you were correct episode was kind of fun to hear them reference a bunch of Colorado stuff. Like when Sam wakes up in the car and Dean says we're in Grand Junction mm-hmm. or we're near Grand Junction. I'm like, ah, uh, I know Grand where that Junction. is. <laughs> oh, great. But uh, they spend a week looking for the thing that killed Jessica and then decide to go to Colorado to follow the coordinates. When they get to the Lost Creek Trail Ranger Station, uh, they meet a ranger and they go with their similar thing where they make up a story about who they are. Uh, I believe Sam says they are students at 
UC Boulder, which was also funny to me because it is the University of Colorado, and it's very confusing because it's not UC, it's CU. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It is confusing. It's very confusing because sometimes it's CU and other things it's UC. Yeah. Like for the campus in Denver, it's UC Denver. Yeah. But when you're talking like the big picture or you're talking Boulder, it's just, it's CU. CU, So you have to flip it around. It's dumb. We all know it. (laughs) It's very confusing. Yes. Uh, So they get this information that some campers have gone missing. And actually, I don't remember if I watched this a few days ago. I don't remember if we see the scene of the campers before or after they get there. Um, I think that's actually the opening of the episode because in my notes, the first note I have on here is, what the hell is that cell phone? So, <laughs> Oh, right. Yes, we open with the campers at Blackwater Ridge and Tommy Collins is making a little video diary for his sister on the weirdest 2005 cell phone I have ever seen. I know. It was like a weird Blackberry and he has to do that thing where, like, you have the phone turned around to face yeah. you because this is not the days of front-facing camera. And um, things very quickly go south as soon as someone has to go out to the bathroom in the woods, which that is the single worst part of camping, honestly. It is, yes. I don't go very far. And not not <laughs> even just because you, like, have to go to the bathroom outside. It's because it's the middle of the night and there's a window go out there. I mean, that... <laughs> That's why it's the worst. So, uh, after they do the ranger thing, the two brothers go and make friends with Tommy Collins' sister, Haley, and their other younger brother, Ben, who have decided to hire the machoist of macho uh, trail guide ranger people. I don't remember what his job was. (laughs) Roy, what Roy's job was. And also, Dean is a little bit of a creep again to Haley. Yes, yeah, slightly less, but he's still a little bit of a creep. And Haley and Ben and good old Roy, who you know the second he shows up, this dude is toast. Oh yes, absolutely. And he he definitely sees through their park ranger baloney right away. But they, for whatever reason, Dean and Sam may be really good at this monster hunting thing, but they are apparently not good at wilderness. Because Dean is, like, super, you know, blustering around and almost steps right into a bear trap that Mr. Roy has to save him from. Yeah. Oh, at some point, they are also talking about all these disappearances that happen around Blackwater Ridge are because of grizzlies, which there are no grizzlies in Colorado. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of black bears, but there are no grizzly bears. Yes. But I guess, you know, you need a, you need an outlet to blame. Yeah, you need something that makes at least some sort of sense. And Wendigos don't make sense. Uh-huh. Especially when you call them Wendigos. Makes sense. Well, then I lost where I was. Oh, when they see the video of Tommy in his, his last video diary on his satellite phone, they spot the shadow of the Wendigo in the background. And after that, they go and visit this guy who is a survivor of an alleged bear attack 
when he was a kid and his parents died. And the old man, of course, plays the role of the goth girl. Yes. Where he's like, it wasn't no damn grizzly. Uh, it was something worse. And he says it's a something that can unlock a cabin door. And do you know any bears that can unlock a door? And I said, yes, my man. His name is Smokey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smokey the bear here. <laughs> Does it? And he's got this. Um, it never really explains in this episode, though, that Guy's comment that he doesn't understand why it left him alive. Like, we never really get a close to that, right? As to why, like, he didn't take the kid, too. Right. And I I just kind of chalked it up to, uh, it was busy. Or, or maybe he didn't like <laughs> kids. I mean, kid isn't going to be as much food, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 too scrawny. But it is at this point that they do confirm basically that this is a Wendigo. Yes, they put all the little clues together. It's a Wendigo, it's not a grizzly. Uh Wendigos are more likely than the grizzly, I guess, out here. <laughs> Cuz we don't have any. <laughs> yes. And they go into the then, the backstory of what a Wendigo is a little bit. Yes. So a Wendigo is a very popular myth and legend that I feel like most people have heard of. Uh, it's a mythological man-eating creature or evil spirit that comes from for- folklore of the First Nations Algonquin. That's That'd be my best guess. <laughs> <laughs> a Native American tribe based in the northern forests of Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. And the Wendigo myths kind of spread out from there. Uh, They're mostly in Canada, United States area. It's described as a monster with some some characteristics of a human or as a spirit that has possessed a human being and made them into a monster and causes them to murder people and cannibalism and cultural taboos along those lines. I'm trying to remember how it was portrayed in Until Dawn, and I think it was, if you resort to cannibalism, you turn into a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what they said in Supernatural, too. Right. Um, it, It's kind of a myth that comes from, like, a, a fear of wanting to eat a human, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> That's like an like an ultimate sin thing, but it's not. I don't think Wendigos are too like religion based in like modern Christian religion. No, I don't think they're so. very much rooted in Native American culture and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note: some other things that have Wendigos in them. There's a bunch of stuff. I just picked out some. Uh, there's a Marvel Hulk comic that has a Wendigo in it. Interesting. Which is fun. <laughs> a movie called Dark Was the Night. If you remember the show Teen Wolf, there was Wendigos in there Seems sometimes. Uh, Hannibal Grimm, Until Dawn, the video game. And my favorite that I found out was in the DuckTales Christmas special from 2018 called Last Christmas, a Wendigo is featured as antagonist. Due to the nature of the show, Wendigos are stated to be poor souls turned into monsters by obsession and desperation. And I was very interested in this, and I found a picture of the Wendigo. I think he's supposed to be 
the ghost from Christmas past got sad that Scrooge was not didn't need him or something and he turned into a wendigo we will have to put this picture on instagram when we post this episode but like (laughs) i i mean i love that it's still like the spirit of what a wendigo is they just like took out the cannibalism part yeah he kind of looks like a bull yeah he he's very um baphomet-esque looking or kind of like a like a like pan from pan's labyrinth a little bit but furrier. He is a little a little panish. Yeah. A little more family friendly pan, I guess. He looks nothing like the Wendigo in this episode of Supernatural or no. Until Dawn, which all kind of look a little like Nosferatu. Oh, very Nosferatu. I have a giant note here that says Nosferatu. Speaking of Nosferatu, I would love for him to show up in an episode. Yes. Of the show. Um, I so I also have a note here because about this time that they figure it out, we do get a scene where you see the Wendigo in his cave, and he has not eaten everyone from the camp. They're strung up, and our little Tommy Collins is one of them, and his friend gets eaten while he's there. And I was like, oh, the Wendigo meal preps. How yeah, for, he's prepared. What, what foresight. He doesn't just eat all his stuff in one time. About this time, my notes just say, like, you hear that? Yes, the creepy doom noises. Yes. And the guy dude is going to die. Yes. I also have, that is the biggest bag of M&M's I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's a massive <laughs> bag of M&M's. I've never even seen a Halloween one I know. that big. <laughs> and Dean just has this big bag of M&M's as the provisions he's brought for hiking around. Because that's that's a, the extent of his preparation. Which Haley and her brother think is quite stupid. And they can hear what sounds like Tommy Collins yelling for help. And... Um, I have a note that I don't remember if this was from Until Dawn or something else. It might have even been from Pet Cemetery, where I was like, wait, can't Wendigos impersonate people? And I feel like that wasn't Until Dawn. Yeah, and that, that becomes apparent later when it happens again. That That is, in fact, what the Wendigo is doing to try to get them. Um, they run toward the sound, come back, and the Wendigo has stolen all their shit. Because he is a, a prankster. He is a prankster. He likes to play with his food. And so then they decide they're going to, right after Dean says, it's impossible to get the best of a window during the day, and then at night it's even worse, so let's stay here. I was like, yeah, mm, okay, that seems brilliant. Brilliant plan. So they do in- yeah. st- indeed stay. <laughs> And he draws his Anasazi symbols. Yes. In the dirt around the camp. Uh, the brothers have a brotherly argument. As they do. Because Sam thinks it's kind of dumb. He don't give a shit about Tommy. Right? Yes. He's sad. He wants to find his dad. He maybe wants to go back to law school. The man has a sad. You know. He doesn't know. <laughs> He has a sad. He doesn't want to hang out in the Colorado woods. No. he It's not his with thing. With a scary monster. No. And of course, Roy thinks the symbols in the dirt are some hoity-toity bullshit. Runs into Zark with his gun. And the Wendigo gets Surprise! In. Surprise! <laughs> so when they go tracking this thing after that, at one point, the Wendigo throws 
Roy's body at them, which seemed yes, which wasteful <laughs> in my opinion. It did. I was like, this is not meal prep. What's happening here? Um, and then Dean or Sam, I can't remember which, makes the point that they uh, he thinks the Wendigo was just mad at him because he shot at him. So yeah, that's why he just killed him. So they're also they're also a passive aggressive. Yes, and he was like, here, yo, here's your friend. But it becomes very clear that the Wendigo is kind of leading them along and making its trail very obvious so that they can find it. I believe it's also at this point that Dean has a Molotov cocktail. Yes, because they decide that (laughs) fire is the only way that's going to kill it. Which, it's, it's sound. Yes, that makes sense. I'm on board. And also about this time, the Wendigo gets kind of tired he's got a bedtime he's got shows to watch he's bored of this game so he ends up taking Haley and Dean and I believe Ben the kid falls all over the place and it was stressing me out yes he was quite clumsy but after it takes Dean and Haley he does prove very useful in that he finds Dean's stupid M&M's everywhere to follow their yes, trail. which were we just lumbering along slowly enough that he could like, bloop, 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 yeah, he's like, is let me drop the M&Ms in a trail? Even though he's like totally knocked out when they find him after this, but who knows? <laughs> he set up the M&Ms so they would make a nice steady line. Yes. <laughs> when they tipped. And his Molotov cocktail sadly is destroyed. Yes. And they only had the one bottle. So now they are SOL. And they do follow the M&M's. They find the, the little, not cave, a mine. It's always a mine. It's always a mine shaft, especially in Colorado. Yes. It's always going to be in a mine. Uh, when they get in there, they find Dean and Haley. And then a little farther over, they find Tommy, who's surprised, still alive. I know. I have a note here that says, don't ask <laughs> questions you don't want answered. Because Haley walks up to him and... They've had multiple conversations about how it eats people alive. It does not eat them dead so that it keeps people alive. So she walks up there and conceivably this would mean he's still alive because he's there. Right. And if it was me, I would be like, oh, my God, Tommy, like, wake up. And that's like kind of what she's doing, but in a really sad way. And then he wakes up and she like screams. And I was like, girl, like what? What reaction were you yes. hoping for? Like that's everyone suddenly gets so loud. I know, which also stressed me out. Like, why are we all yelling and screaming now? Why is everyone yelling? <laughs> Who's making that yes. noise? Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. So they also find their stolen supplies, which also have some flare guns in them. Which at this point, do flare guns only have one shot? Like, do you have to? Shoot one shot, put in another. You know, I don't know, but I feel like yes. I could be wrong. Because is it Sam misses his shot? Yes. Or one of them misses a shot. Dean tries to be a distraction. Uh, They run towards the exit, turn around when the Wendigo shows up, and Dean shoots him right in the chest. And drops dead scene. Bam! <laughs> Made it out of another misadventure. Yes. This episode seemed to be greatly helped by the fact that 
Haley and Ben believed them. Yes. About the Wendigo. But at the end, they specifically tell a story about a bear attack, which I'm also, I'm, I know like you, people aren't going to believe you, but I'm also like, why do we have to lie? Well, and it makes me wonder about my comment from the first episode about their dad, like, how did you get out of being arrested there? And I just wonder if that's like the thing they just do. They don't ever really tell the truth to the police about what it was. Yeah, but if maybe the police would believe you in Colorado, it might be important because people would stop camping there. That, yes, that's true. Also, <laughs> Haley kisses Dean. So, okay. Yeah, we'll see if she maybe comes back. Yeah, she might She might be a thing. Um, They also, in the middle of all of this, they did have a conversation about how they're pretty sure their dad isn't there because he would have left them a message now we're still not sure why he wanted them to go there anyway. Yeah, this feeds into my theory that he's in a margarita. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, here's all the shit I didn't so, do because I'm retired Go clean now. it up. So it's your fault. Yeah. Go clean it up. Thank you. <laughs> it's all for you. And I actually don't remember where they're headed next at the end of that episode. Do they have a new place? Uh, if they do, I missed it. I don't think they do. So that will remain to be seen in the next episode. Um, but all yeah. all together, I did like the first two episodes. I'm definitely interested in watching some more. I don't know if every single episode is going to have its own self-contained myth because that seems like impossible. I feel like some of these would have to like you know, crossover. And I do feel like we're going to get into the upper echelons of demonology probably at some point here. Smallville was also similar to this in the beginning where there was like a a sort of villain or someone else with superpowers Mm -hmm. each episode. Oh, interesting. That would be, I mean, that would just be so much, but I guess we, we will see. Um, so for our, our wrap-up question, well, I guess, before we get into that, did you like both of these episodes, too? Yes, I did like both of these episodes. I like the level of cheese in them. And as much as they do kind of freak me out because they have to deal with the woods, and I do camp, I try not to think about it. I do like Wendigo stuff. Mm-hmm. I know it's a very popular myth, but... It's interesting the different ways it pops up. Yes, and I'm pretty sure that is what uh, that movie Antlers is about. That's coming up. Oh, great. (laughs) I'm pretty positive that has to be a Wendigo. So. Is Antlers set in Oregon? Yes. Oh, so you also get one. (laughs) So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Um, So for our wrap up question, to start with you. What myths or legends or creatures do you hope show up somewhere in the 15 seasons of this show? Okay, so I had to think pretty hard about this to, like, remember my favorite kind of myth legend things. Uh, Banshees. Oh, that'd be cool. Not because I'm like, Banshees are so cool. I find them interesting. They really freak me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
uh, I put an imaginary friend of some sort. That might just be because I'm still reading Imaginary Friend by Stephen. Oh, well, it would be it would be cool. Like someone's imaginary friend, like gone off the rails. Yes, uh, I put Slenderman in here. Mm-hmm. Maybe he might not show up straight up as Slenderman, but something with a similar, the same kind of story, just. Wow, I forgot words for a second. The same kind of story, just uh, presented in a slightly mm-hmm. different way. Uh, Tommy Knockers, which is a Colorado one. I know it's at other mine places, but I one of my favorite episodes of Ghost Adventures is only a few years old, and they go into a Colorado mine to look for Tommy Knockers, and it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny because they're they're like little. Uh, leprechauns yeah causing mischief. that would i feel like at least leprechauns will be on here somewhere yes leprechauns definitely will you have to watch that episode of ghost adventures because they use this this camera that's supposed to like make a stick person outline mm-hmm. of things and there's at one point there's a little a little tummy knocker and it's on his shoulder and it's like <laughs> doing a jig <laughs> And they're all freaked out by it, and it's so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I will have to look for that. <laughs> um, and the last one is the Hash Slinging Slasher. <laughs> he will definitely be on here. We have 15 seasons. He needs to show up at some yes, point. He will definitely be on here. Um, for me, I one that comes to mind, and it's because they mention it in this Wendigo episode, so I think it probably will at some point, is Skinwalkers. Uh, they do mention that. those are terrifying. I think Banshees would be really cool. I, I'm also interested if they're going to do things that are more like, uh, like people-esque, you know, that they're going to have to, like, have a conversation with, because so far it's been, like, a, things that they get rid of where if like something with a vampire there's like sentience happening there um i'm positive vampires yeah that that definitely has to be a thing i think leprechauns would be fun um i'm also trying to think of like just some of the i mean i'm assuming we're gonna get into aliens at some point like that seems like a given um Mm -hmm. I know we just did the woman in woman in white, so they probably won't do like La Llorona, but it would be really cool to do like El Cucuy, which is the like we were talking yeah. about earlier, the Mexican version of the Boogeyman. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we do these ones that are like ones that are more of like a people or a person they can talk to, but also if there'll be like these ones that are kind of a singular figure, because like. Like El Kukui, there's just one of him, right? So it'd yeah. be it'll be interesting to see if it's like these things where they could conceivably be multiples of him, or if it'll just be like the one guy. Um, I'm assuming at some point we'll actually have just a straight up ghost. So like a poltergeist. They mentioned a poltergeist in the first episode, so we'll probably get one of those. Um, maybe the Mothman. Oh, the Mothman is one. Do you remember when we thought we saw the Mothman in like 2003? Yes. We did see the Mothman. <laughs> in Rollins, Wyoming. In Rollins, Wyoming, we saw the Mothman. So, 
I don't know. There's there's a lot of content to come. But in the meantime, we would love to hear if you're already fans of Supernatural and what maybe without spoilers some of your favorite episodes or seasons have been and if you are new to supernatural what do you hope is going to be on the show yeah yes well i think that's everything for this week more supernatural to come more of podcasts to come in general bye nerds Podcast at gmail.com. And ratings are always appreciated.